Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another playoff preview edition of The Rebuild. Playoff preview edition number two. We didn't think we'd be here after the Browns had so many COVID issues, but then they went on to beat the Steelers anyway, 48-37 in what was a dream game. And now it's time to take on the big, bad Chiefs. So I brought in Spencer Mahone from 92.3 The Fan to break it all down. Spencer, how are you doing on this fine Thursday morning? Henry, I'm well. The Browns are going to be playing their latest game in franchise history. How's that for a fun fact? Wow. Wow, that is a great, great tidbit. Yeah, they, uh, you know, obviously things went well last week and now they get the test of facing the chiefs on the road and chiefs, the number one seed, the defending super bowl champions with what most people would say is the best player in football leading the team and a great coach as well. I have a tremendous amount of respect for the chiefs. However, Spencer, we are a Browns podcast. We are going to go through a Browns preview in which we talk about some key matchups here, maybe some ways the Browns could pull upsets, all that kind of stuff and more. And the place I want to start is the the teams coming into this game, the rust versus rust, right? That's the age-old debate here. And not only did the Chiefs get that bye week last week, but they rested most of their players in week 17. So effectively a double bye for them versus the Browns, who have played last week and played a full playoff game in the playoff atmosphere are are sharp. The week before that, they had a must-win game in order to get into the playoffs. Now, the flip side, the Kansas City side is going to argue two weeks for healthy players of rest. Andy Reid off a bye week is magnificent in his career as well. Which way do you lean more toward? Do you think this, you know, the rest versus rust favors the Browns or the Chiefs here, Spencer? I personally think it favors the Browns because if you watched the game last week against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh rested most of their starters and the first quarter they looked bad. They looked really really bad so I don't think the Chiefs are going to be like that but I still think the Chiefs are going to be a little bit on the sluggish the sluggish side uh when they come out and the Browns are are just gonna stick to that same strategy they did against the Steelers and it's just you got to go out and you got to punch them in the mouth and you got to punch them in the mouth like on your first drive you got to go down and score yeah and to back up your point, I tweeted this out yesterday. Teams off that double buy, right? The week 17 rest plus getting a buy in the wild card round. Uh, it's happened six times in the last decade since 2011. And they're two and four. So it, it is one of those things where it, it there has been evidence that it, it makes you rusty. It does. And so I think that's where Browns fans, if you're looking for some some good signs here, that's that's where you got to start. And look, it's not like this Chiefs team either has just come out guns ablaze in every game, too. They've let teams hang around. They've often kind of sleepwalked through the first half. So 
I think that's what's got to make you excited as a Browns fan is, hey, there is a to me, that's what I'm going to be looking for in this game is is that start in particular. Are the Chiefs sluggish to start the game like you talked about, Spencer, because if they are and if the Browns can get ahead, that's where I think they have a chance to win this game. Coming from behind, I think, is going to be a lot more difficult if they can't use the run game as much and force, uh, you know, some long drives that keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. To me, it's all about that start. We were given seven by Pittsburgh um, off the snap, off the first play of the game. But regardless, your offense went out and scored 21 points. And now I want to look over to the defensive side of the ball as well, because there's some very important news that, I want to talk about that's I think pretty big. You're going to get at least for what the defense was this year. You're going to get your two number 1 corners back in Kevin Johnson and Denzel Ward. And I think that's huge. That's going to be one of the main talking points going into Sunday. Absolutely, absolutely. Denzel Ward in particular for me. I I've, I've been down on Kevin Johnson Spencer on, on this podcast. I I I think that, that some of the other Browns corners have, have proven just as, if not more capable than him. But look, Denzel Ward is the Browns' second best defensive player. I mean, it, forget the secondary. He's our best, you know, obviously he's our best covered corner. He's one of the best covered corners in the league. They're going to need him. And think about the replacement level, too. I mean, uh, Robert Jackson did what he had to do, but Robert Jackson is not an NFL starting cornerback. And you're going from that, an undrafted guy with no experience who's really a special teams player to an elite cover corner and Denzel Ward. I mean, that's that's huge. That's going to be a, a massive boon for this Browns team. Uh, you know, the real the question to me as it comes with Denzel Ward is what you know, what kind of shape is he in post COVID? Because it doesn't sound like he was asymptomatic. So it really just comes down to how many, you know, how many snaps he can play, how effective he can be, because the Browns are going to need him for sure if they stand any chance against Patrick Mahomes in this Chiefs offense. They're going to throw him up, up against Tyree Kill, and that's going to be your marquee matchup for the game. Uh, Browns defense, Chiefs offense, that's where you're going to want to look, because I think one of the keys to the Browns winning is to limit how effective Tyree Kill is. I mean, the dude's an absolute burner, an elite wide receiver, and man's got some speed. And I think putting Denzel Ward over on Tyree Kill, that's going to hopefully limit his effectiveness. Now, you make a really good point with what kind of shape Denzel Ward is in. We don't know. And I get a little nervous about that because I know the type of player that Tyree Kill is. He's scorched secondaries all year long. And if if Denzel Ward is not in shape, he, I, he might get burned a couple of times. And that worries me a little bit. Honestly, I think the real question, too, is how much man coverage are you even going to see? you know, in, in this game, like, can the Browns afford to do that? Because you, you brought it up. First of all, that means Denzel Ward's covering Tyreek Hill or, you know, some, or somebody else has to cover Tyreek Hill at, at some points. And that almost, you know, if you're a man coverage with Tyreek Hill, that almost means you have to dedicate a safety over the top there. You'd, you'd think. And then 
look, he's just one of the playmakers. They've got, you know, McCall Hardman. They've got Robinson. They've got – and the biggest one being Travis Kelsey. I mean, how are the Browns going to also defend Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field? It sounds like B.J. Goodson is going to play, but B.J. Goodson is hurt, and he's our middle linebacker. So, Jacob Phillips probably is the one, you know, along with the safety tasked with guarding Travis Kelsey. You know, uh, uh, Carl Joseph maybe. Uh, I mean, I don't like any of those matchups in one-on-one coverage. So, I I think they're going to have to – play a lot of zone in this game and, and that's going to be a, a, a challenge in order to stop this KC defense or offense excuse me what makes Kansas City so good and even though they've had teams hang around that's how they're able just to sleepwalk through games is they're a matchup nightmare and I mean it's it's no secret no joke as to you know why by the Chiefs 15 and one this year. They're a damn good football team. Talked about Travis Kelsey and his matchups over the middle. That's going to be tough too because BJ Goodson may or may not play. You're going to have him and Jacob Phillips and potentially others and a safety. So, I mean, you could, what you could do for City is you could do a four receiver, one tight end set, Kelsey over the middle, Tyreek over the top, and that pulls both of your safeties if you're playing a too high safety. And then you could just have one of the slots just run right in behind the safety. And that's going to be, I think that's going to be the key to Kansas City's offense is trying to pull both safeties as often as they can. And if if you've watched a lot of KC film this year, I think that's what they've done really well. Yeah, they love they love the multiple, you know, kind of deep routes to challenge you, right? If you're going to bring help to Tyreek Hill, they're going to come underneath with one of those other guys. And, and, you know, the other guys don't get quite as much attention, as I said, but uh, they, they, they've got some other really talented receivers. That's the thing is they're just talented across the board. And, of course, they've got the guy delivering it to them. Now, here's the thing is they have – there, there are a couple reasons for optimism on the Brown side of the, you know, on, on the Brown side there. Number one, the Chiefs offensive line has, has looked a, a little bit weaker the last couple weeks. And Miles Garrett continuing to get stronger. I think the hope has to be that you pressure Patrick Mahomes. And although he's so difficult to bring down because he's mobile, he's elusive, you hope you force him into some tough throws and maybe just maybe some turnovers exactly like we saw against the Steelers because without turnovers, look, this Chiefs team is just, it's going to score points. It's going to. So to me, that's, that's gotta be it. It's gotta be miles Garrett wreaking havoc. That's the key to this defense in general, wreaking havoc uh, from the defensive line and, and then hoping for some turnovers on the back end. Yeah, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head and miles Garrett played, a phenomenal game. He was getting to Big Ben a lot in the first half, and that whole defensive front was getting pressure on Big Ben and forced him into a couple of mistakes, overthrew a couple of receivers where you had the MJ Stewart pick and the Sheldrick Redwine interception as well. Getting pressure on Mahomes is the key. You got to make him at least get out of the pocket because the dude's an elite pocket passer as well as, you know, being elusive. You got to get him 
out and get them mobile and get them towards the sidelines. Yeah, I, I, as I said, I think it's it's really going to come down to the mistakes there on, on the Chiefs side of things. And I think, you know, look, I, ultimately, I think the Browns defense has got an extremely tough challenge. So you got to hope the Chiefs are going to make some mistakes, that they're going to make some turnovers. Getting Denzel Ward back is huge. But, look, we've seen worse offenses take advantage of this Browns secondary, to be honest. And, and this Chiefs offense, when they're uh, clicking on all cylinders, is, is one of the best offenses – that the NFL's ever seen, no less, you know, the best offense this season. Now, like we talked about, though, the, the Chiefs have had a tendency to, you know, have these games be closer than you might expect. And for me, like we talked about at the beginning, it does go back to that, you know, that start. To me, it's all about the start. If the Browns are ahead, if they can run the football and keep it away from that Chiefs offense, I think they actually have a better shot than most people think of upsetting this Chiefs team with that two-headed running attack. Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand-new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and you just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you as well. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips, tricks, and, and best practices. Everything you need to know in order to get that podcast off the ground and, and to a top level. So on top of that... We're going to help get your show out on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all the other listening platforms. And the best part is you get all of this for just $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site that would charge you for the initial setup out there. Just the ones you can use on your own. Why not launch with Blue Wire Hustle where you actually get the tools to succeed? So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience acceptance into the program is limited so get your application in today to apply to blue wire hustle go to bwhustle.com slash join check out the description box to find out more but that's bwhustle.com slash join so as spencer as we transition to that side of the football the challenge for the Browns is going to be this, in my opinion. Baker Mayfield, they've actually turned to him a lot more since the bye week. In a lot of situations where the Browns were running heavy run tendencies, you could see almost that they self-scouted during that bye week because they started flipping the script. They started going a lot more with Baker passing the football. Now, What's that balance going to be like on Sunday? That's the question. Are they going to run the ball and try to keep it away from Patrick Mahomes? When are they going to trust Baker to pass? And and ultimately, what the result of those plays are going to be? How do you see that all breaking down? I think they're going to try and go 50-50. I looked into the box score from last week. Out of the 65 total plays, they passed the ball 34 times. And they rushed it 31 times. So I think they're going to try and 
be a little bit closer to 50-50. However, if you're playing from behind, you're going to have to take shots down the field, and Baker will be passing more than 30 times. And and that's been a key for one of the guys on the midday show quite often is Baker's got to pass the ball around 30 times because they're a really good football team when Baker passes the ball around 30 times and, you know, they run it 30 to 40 times. And now you made a really good point in keeping Patrick Mahomes off the field. I think the pass is going to end up setting up the run. Usually it's a little bit inverted. Usually it's the run that sets up the pass, but I think you got to use the pass to set up the run because you need to be aggressive on offense. And we talked about that start earlier here in the podcast. You, you have to score quick and you have to score early so you can essentially play from in front. I think that's going to be, like you said, that's the key on the offensive side of the football. And then you can switch to that heavy run attack as well. I think early in this game, I actually believe that the Browns should trust Baker Mayfield. And I know that seems counterintuitive, but they teams have been keying in on the run for the Browns. The Steelers were no different, even though they've been relying on Baker more. Teams have said, all right, we want to see you do it again. And I suspect the Chiefs will be in that mindset. And I think it's going to be key to go early, let Baker Mayfield settle in, get some easy throws, find Jarvis Landry, like the Browns have been doing. But I think it'll be interesting if they get the lead, how that balances out. Because the the play calling I thought was smartly, you know, was took the right amount of pass plays when they were beating the Steelers. You know, it, I thought it was reasonably aggressive, which I liked. And I think that is going to be a challenge with Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the football is there's going to be a lot of pressure to run the ball. But what I don't want to see from the Browns is them to get too conservative. I don't want them to be too run heavy. I think it's got to be a healthy mix. Balance. Like you said, to me, it's balance. And, and that's why, you know, getting Kevin Stefanski back for this game is so big is I think the the game flow here from a play calling perspective is going to be a much more difficult challenge than it was against the Steelers. No, you're absolutely right. And Stefanski, should he test negative as we're recording this podcast on Thursday morning? If he tests negative, he will be allowed back in the building today, as he indicated on Monday that that was the trajectory for him. So that's going to be big, like you said. And I mean, Alex Van Pelt and Mike Preferred, you know, give them their praise. They did fantastic against the Steelers with, you know, running the sideline. And Anthony Lima, I think, perfectly put it. I had no idea who was on the sideline. And and that's that's exactly what it seemed. And I, I agree with him 100%. I didn't know who was on the sidelines. And frankly, it didn't matter because it looked just like the Browns have in the second half of the year all year in – and I think you got to stay aggressive on that offensive side of the ball. Absolutely. And it, it was a testament, I think, to what Kevin Stefanski has built in terms of 
the culture, in terms of the expectations, in terms of everybody being on the same page in terms of what they want to do from an offensive and defensive perspective, especially on the offensive side of the football. I mean, that was a smashing success. And, and look, the, the, the Chiefs defense is not as good as the Steelers defense. I mean, that's I don't think that I mean, that's an obvious statement, you know. Some great analysis there for you, Spencer. But guess what? They're not as good as the Steelers. <laughs> but uh, that, of course, the Browns are going to need to put up points if they want to have a chance in this game. And I, I, I fully have faith in Kevin Stefanski's ability to do that. It's also going to come down to, on their side of the football, on the Browns' side, they played pretty clean football against the Steelers. Now, the, the, the Chiefs have some playmakers of their own on defense. Tyron Matthew, you got to worry about him being kind of like a Minka Fitzpatrick type back there that could potentially confuse Baker Mayfield, the Chris Jones as well. So all of those things ultimately, you know, you know are going to be important, avoiding those mistakes, avoiding the Chiefs key playmakers. It's funny. I mean, the Chiefs and the Browns to me, they almost mirror each other a little bit. I think the Chiefs have a better defense and a better offense, but they are kind of similar in terms of the offense is the focal point of the team. And then on defense, it's kind of relying on a couple playmakers to get the job done. No, absolutely. I mean, you look at the Browns defensive side of the football, they rely on guys like during the regular season, you know, Olivier Vernon, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, you know, occasionally a safety, but you're, you're relying on those three guys throughout the regular season. Now you're relying on guys like, you know, BJ Goodson, Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. Those are your three defensive playmakers and we might not have Goodson for Sunday. So you're only, now you're only really thinking of two. You're thinking of Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett. I mean, that's, that's who everyone thinks of when you talk about the Browns defense, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, and additions of, you know, tackles, interceptions, turnovers, fumbles, what have you from other members. But. So here's kind of where I want to wrap up is, you know, what's, you know, I don't usually ask for a prediction in the preview podcast. I think, you know, Obviously, the Browns are underdogs in this game. But given that you have a pulse on Browns Nation, given that you you know you can see kind of the the betting line is minus ten, they don't see quite the value in the Browns here in this spot. It seems like the national media isn't valuing the Browns a whole lot at this point. Spencer, what's your kind of how optimistic or pessimistic do you feel compared to kind of what you're seeing out there, the general feeling among everybody else and in the other parties that you've been exposed to? A lot of people are very optimistic. This we've talked about it a lot. And I think you and I have hit on it a ton in the past episodes that we've done. This is not the same Browns team and it won't be the same Browns team. Even after this Sunday, if they lose, but Browns Nation, as fans, are very optimistic. I talked to my buddy, John Greco of Browns Radio Network on Monday. He likes their chances against Kansas City. So him saying that makes me feel really optimistic and really excited for Sunday. It's going to be a high-scoring affair, and it, it's, gonna, it's hard to pick a winner because I 
I'm not going to bet against the Browns after the, after the first quarter they had against the Steelers. If you watch that, you, you, you saw what happened. Like you can't bet against this team. And I mean, Sammy Watkins gave him some bulletin board material. Chase Claypool gave him some bulletin board material. And I, I think that that's going to have a little something to do with it going into this game as well. I, I think the Browns are going to win in a high scoring game, but it won't be by more than a touchdown. They're going to have to pull it out by a field goal or four or five points. I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle between Browns Nation, which I've seen a lot of optimism, you know, uh, for them the the last you know week, or, and the national media narrative seeming that the Browns aren't going to keep this close. I think the Browns are in almost every scenario actually going to keep this close. Uh, you know, the first thing you worry about with the blowout, right, is this, they come off the Steelers' win last week. Mentally, where are they? I don't worry about that with this team. I think we we've seen time and time again they've proved mentally tough. They've proved focused. I think Kevin Stefanski will have them focused. I think the leaders on this team will have them focused. I don't worry about that. I think they're going to come out. They're going to play fine football. Where the Chiefs are is almost the more difficult thing to predict in terms of how they're going to start the game. How, you know, will Patrick Mahomes kind of be on it from the first drive or will he be, you know, will they, will they struggle a little bit? And frankly, I think the Browns are going to struggle to get out as far ahead on this Chiefs team. And if that happens, I just think the Chiefs are going to have time to recover. And I think they will. The Browns, look, the Browns defense is just, it's not, it's not buttoned up enough in the secondary. It's not. And I don't think Big Ben took kind of the deep shots that, that Patrick Mahomes is going to against this team. And I don't think Big Ben was capable of that in the same way. And I think the Browns are really going to struggle in that sense. Now, that being said, Here's the point of optimism, I would say. The Chiefs do not run the football well. We didn't talk about that, but they've struggled to protect leads as well this season. That's part of the reason they haven't blown teams out. They have a coach that that people forget this, has some clock management issues. And so I do think the Browns are going to be down late. I'm not as optimistic as most of Browns Nation. I'm guessing they're going to be trailing in this game. The Chiefs don't run the football well. The Chiefs have a coach that has mismanaged the clock time and time again in the playoffs. And although they won the Super Bowl last year, those those demons haven't gone away for Andy Reid. So I actually think there's a more potential than people think for a late Browns comeback victory. Uh, rather than I feel like a lot of the narrative around this game has been get up again early in the game. Chiefs come out sluggish, protect the lead with the running game. I actually think the Browns, are going to find themselves in the opposite position. And I think they, they have a decent chance there. I'm not going to say they have an amazing chance, but they have a decent chance. And look, they're facing the number one seed in the defending Super Bowl champions. If you're, you know, that close, that's a pretty good feeling. I think as a Browns fan, I'm, I mean, I don't know. It's house money, man. Yeah. I was going to say you're absolutely playing with house money at this point. And I mean, that was kind of the, the theme of the week going into the wild card round, not only from Browns Nation, but from a lot of my coworkers and uh, friends over at the station. They're like, yeah, we're absolutely playing with house money. We, like, 
we won it nine and seven and we got 11 and five in a playoff game. So this is absolutely house money. And, you know, the media, the national media was like, oh, you know, the Steelers, it's the big bad Steelers. They're going to Heinz Field where they lost 17 straight or whatever. This is going to be tough for the Browns to overcome fans or no fans. And, you know, the Browns came out and did exactly what they were supposed to do. And when you brought up the coming back late, the first thing I thought about was the game against Cincinnati where Donovan Peoples-Jones made that incredible back shoulder catch from Baker over the top for the game-winning touchdown. I think if the Browns are going to come back, that's kind of the play you're going to see. Now, who's going to be the receiver, the beneficiary of that? I don't know. But I think that would that would be fun, and it would also give – most of the city and most of the fan base of a lot of anxiety. <laughs> Absolutely. I can tell you my, my stress levels during that Steelers game were at an all time high, even when the Browns were up 28, you know, 28 points. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping this game, I'll just be able to relax a little bit more, as we said, house money a little bit here. And Look, and at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing is we won a playoff game for the first time, and you never want to be satisfied with that. I get that side of things. You know, this team has more potential than that, uh, but I think it's it's got more potential than that in the long term too. I think the you know there there are some still some holes on this team, but Baker Mayfield played great again last week, and and that almost you know you're talking about kind of the stories coming out of last week, and I know we're looking back right now, but. Big Ben was a big top, you know, talking point. The Steelers' lack of focus was a big talking point and the turnovers and all of that. But lost in all that, I felt like lost in all the conversation was Baker Mayfield played great again. And he, I know some people I saw were throwing this out there that he has a higher PFF rating than Patrick Mahomes since like week nine. Okay, I don't think Baker Mayfield is better than Patrick Mahomes. Sorry. But the fact of the matter is he is played so much better this season that I went from fearing nobody except, you know, the chiefs in the AFC to being like, okay, they're great. Obviously they're the favorite, obviously, but I don't fear them quite so much anymore just because I believe in the guy we have at quarterback on this team. That dude, that that's a perfect way to put it. I mean, I think this year, Baker has proved to his doubters and, you know, to the national media that is like, Hey, I don't know if you're the guy he's, I think he's proved time and time again and over and over and over again, that he is the guy for the team, uh, this team specifically. And if the way I look at it it is this, you know, every team has, a coach quarterback relationship. I think uh, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, that was kind of what, what Andy Reid has been looking for most of his career. Now he had some really good Philadelphia teams, but him and Pat Mahomes, I think, I think that is, is way, way better in terms of, you know, the coaching quarterback relationship. And it's much to the same with, 
Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield. They, they work helps this offense run really, really well. And Kevin Stefanski's done a phenomenal job kind of tailoring the offense to the offensive personnel and Baker and in Jarvis Odell at points early in the season and, you know, all the other tight ends and receivers that the Browns have, Austin Hooper, Harrison Bryant, Kevin Stefanski's done a phenomenal job. And as, as we wrap up here, I, I want to say if Kevin Stefanski's not coach of the year, I'm going to be pretty upset. I, I think that's a great point. He should be coach of the year. You look at, if anything, his absence showed the culture he set the expectations he set, everybody being on the same page, the fact that they could win a playoff game without him, I think actually speaks volumes to what he's done as a coach. And with him, with Baker, it's a bright future. It's absolutely a bright future. And that's a good optimistic way to end this podcast, Spencer. So Browns fans, Jordan Zerm is going to come with another preview podcast as well on this feed. I know he has a guest lined up. So, so look out for that as well. Plenty of content here prior to this Chiefs game Sunday. And we'll be right alongside you watching it for sure. Spencer, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast today. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Henry. That was a lot of fun. For sure, for sure. All right, Browns fans. We're going to watch the Browns play in what Spencer said is the latest time of the year that they've ever played a playoff game. So get excited for that. It's all gravy on top at this point, and it's time to go shock the world. How about that? All right. Until next time, Browns fans, follow me at Henry underscore Ettinger for all the Twitter content I'm going to put out there about this game. Follow Jordan Zerm, Peter Moses, everybody else on this feed as well as we get prepared for this game on Sunday. And until then, Go Browns!